You're listening to the Ask Drone You podcast. You ask, we answer your drone questions. Whether you're here to turn your passion into profit or you simply fly for fun, we're a community of learners and teachers who aspire to achieve greatness. We are Drone You. Good morning, good evening. Good night. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, thanks again for joining us here at Drone U HQ, coming at you all the way from the desert of the Southwest. As always, my name is Paul. And as always, my name is Rob. Super glad, as always, to be in this seat talking with you all and uh, very grateful that you're hanging out with us. Definitely very grateful. Seriously, thanks for all the support, especially with all the support that we've gotten recently uh, regarding the AirMap article that we wrote on the blog. Uh, for a lot of you, I have been putting a lot of time into the blog, connecting the dots, providing information that I think other people just don't see. And uh, I like that because it provides an opportunity to kind of... Um, peruse through information and connect the dots. So check out that blog article on AirMap, um, because if you remember years ago, here at DroneU, we had leaked a document, uh, an email between AirMap and their lobbying group, essentially showcasing their exact uh, goals and what they were really after, and that their interests were nowhere near in the interests of drone pilots. Like, remember how we were telling you how they could use the data of you going on AirMap and learning where airspace is, getting those airspace waivers through AirMap? How are they using the data? Well, they're selling the data, and they said... That's right, on Twitter, that they're trying to help governments use that data to learn where and when to tax drone pilots for takeoff and landing. So you heard it here first, four or five years ago, and it was just confirmed by AirMap themselves by a low-level social media employee who went on Twitter and said exactly what AirMap's goals are. And someone at AirMap kind of forgot to tell her, hey, that shouldn't be public knowledge. But check out that post on the blog. Uh, we did screenshot all the tweets so you can still see them. I know they're deleted off Twitter now, but check them out. And uh, thanks again, seriously, for the support. I think it also proves where our hearts and our minds are at DroneU, which is really about helping you out. And I, I just, I can't reiterate that enough. Yesterday, I got the chance to fly with a firefighter, and it was like the fuel to my dumpster fire. <laughs> I mean, it, it you was... You should be around here when that happens and Paul comes back from that. He's floating. <laughs> uh, it's just so much fun to fly with heroes and help them and... And uh, this wasn't even a training. It was just, you know, meet and greet demo and just grateful for it. Grateful to help people out who who are really open to learning. They want to advance. It's just so much fun. There's just no greater joy in helping someone uh, achieve something that they maybe thought that they could do, but didn't know that they could do it. You know, maybe even don't think they can do, but they're willing to try. And that anyone who has that, I'd like to work with you, but, uh, let's get on to today's show. So part 107 drone rule changes. As many of you know, the remote ID rules came out in uh, December. I think it was the 28th this year. And, uh, on top of that, we got some new rules regarding flight over people, nighttime waivers, part 107, et cetera. And I just want to say thank you so much for everyone's patience in us getting that material out. There was a lot of uh, articles and information put out on the internet, and a lot of them were very haphazard, in my opinion. Um, now, I've put out haphazard material as well, so I'm not really coming from a place of authoritarianism. But that said, I thought it was an opportunity to take my time with this information, 
go through it and provide an organized, succinct explanation. And I also actually think that the patience paid off because um, I've been... Um, maybe trolling isn't the right word, but creeping on a bunch of FAA employees on Facebook, which Facebook makes it very easy to track those people like I'm in their back pocket, um, but, which is why you should get off Facebook. Um, but long story short is um, they answered some questions to some drone pilots regarding recurrency. And by waiting and by having your support and your patience, we're able to provide a lot more information, a lot more succinctly, and help you kind of weed through uh, the nonsense and understand the practical application of how this affects you. So uh, let's get into today's question, which again is about part 107. But before we get there, quick aside, just want to say thank you. Everyone in the Drone You community, seriously, we love you guys. And we love the Facebook community, but we're just going to let you know that very soon we're moving everything off of Facebook. Uh, we think Facebook is the enemy of society, or at least I think that. I think if a lot of people actually understood what was going on, they would believe the same thing. That said, uh, we want to make sure that we don't lose the engagement. And that's also why we're moving off of Facebook. So we're really excited to uh, launch our own uh, thing here very soon. And we're very excited to kind of supercharge our community. And we're very excited to supercharge our new classes. And with this new system, we can actually do a much better job of saying, hey, we have a new class. Hey, here's another way to go out and make money with your drone. So for me, that's really exciting because our new classes only get traction if we pump the crap out of them with marketing. So I'm really, really, really excited to kind of one-up the Facebook algos, provide a different means of engagement in the community, and provide a place where your data will not be stolen. That said, uh, thanks again to everyone at the DroneU community. Really do appreciate you. I'll save the I'll save the prop stuff for the for the next uh, sponsor. But DroneU community, thank you. And we're still building courses for you. Don't worry. Hey guys, this is DJ in Nashville. Just uh, wanted to call in and ask you guys about the adjustments to the new Part 107 rule in regards to flying at night and flying over people. I typically fly an Inspire 2 and some other DJI drones, but with the way everything was worded, it does seem a little confusing, and I'd love to get a little bit better handle on that before I risk getting a big fine. So if you guys can help me out, I really appreciate it. Looking forward to hearing. Thanks, DJ. Smart to... Uh Make sure you understand what the new rules are so that you can uh, be sure and follow them. And we've talked previously about if you have a question, something's on your mind that it's probably going to help a lot of other people. This question is a perfect example of that. It's going to help a lot of different uh, people that are out there listening. So, DJ, thank you for taking the time. AskDroneU.com for your question that could have the same benefit to all the other listeners. So... Hop into this. All right. So part 107 drone rule changes for 2021. Also, do understand that some of these rule changes will not go into effect until 2023, but we will make sure to succinctly let you know what is affected and when. Let's go macro, 60,000 foot level, main changes to part 107 drone rules. Number one, macro, part 107 recency test has been removed and it has been replaced with recurrent training. Number two, uh, macro thing that's been changed. As of March 21st, no more need for nighttime waivers. Uh, macro number three, um, the part 107 uh, for... 
for new pilots taking the Part 107 test, there will be new questions, okay, to uh, to the test, but that's only for new pilots. So if you actually already have your 107, guess what? The FAA rewarded you because you took the easiest version of the test that will ever exist. So good <laughs> job. <laughs> and you passed. Uh, so um, they also removed, now this is as of March 2023, they removed flight over people waivers and they have four categories of drones um, that fit within the flight over people abstract based off of what you're trying to do and the size of your drone certain drones fit within those categories Rob this is a great time to say if you remember our episode from 2017 I believe it was like episode 608 or that was not the episode number but I, it's in the early 600s <laughs> I remember that um, we, I quit we did a show <laughs> we did a show that uh, talking about um, flight over people standards and what we said in that show and forecast three four years ago is almost 90% correct uh, so when it comes to drone you foreshadowing what's going to happen in the industry, you be, uh, you be the judge. Okay. The next macro thing that is, uh, changing. And by the way, we're going to go deep on all these parts. The next macro thing that is changing, um, they added flight over moving vehicles, uh, subject to certain categories of flight over people. This will uh, go into effect March 2023. That could be a whole show in itself because what they're talking about is a drone pilot can transverse over moving vehicles. But then they're saying that the drone has to fit within the categories of flight over people. But then it really begs the question if transversing vehicles is going to be okay in the future. And we know people are already doing it like on a daily basis on YouTube. Does that mean it's it's like okay to transverse cars? Uh, are you that, saying now? Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I sure am. So, yeah. <laughs> so basically another way of asking that question is, is anybody going to go after the people that do, that do it? Bingo. And no. <laughs> Bingo. You said <laughs> so, it, I didn't. <laughs> well, I mean, come on. The proof is in the lack of pudding. I'm not even I'm not even being critical. I'm just just we're about the facts. I think that's Vic coming in here to uh to to tell us to tote the line and we're not doing it. No, there, no there's no line. I'm, I mean just calling a spade a spade. I Especially now that this is in place. I which I think is part of the point you're making. That's 100% the point I'm making. <laughs> and uh, in all in all fairness because the FAA was so nice to us. I mean, they gave us a shout out in two of these documents. Look, I would just like to, you know what? I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt Look, here. I'm, okay? not, I'm not sitting here to be critical. I'm just calling it uh, calling. it's reality. Yeah. Yeah. But did you I also understand what's complicated? Something that I didn't it. write in here, something that I did not write in this rule change update was the fact that the FAA tried to make it super clear that pilots are supposed to have their registration information, their 107 cert and any quote unquote documents required by part 107, which part 107 doesn't require a flight log or maintenance log. It just says it's something that you is in your best interest. You should do that said, they also mentioned 
that they're giving law enforcement the exclusive uh, rights and they're making it clear to pilots that you have to present your information to anyone in law enforcement, local, regional, county, state, federal, whatever. Yeah. And so I found that really interesting because those are not new rules. Right. right? We've always had to have our registration. And so I reached out to a couple of police officers and I was just like, so does this change how you're going to enforce Drone pilots. Yeah, no, absolutely not. We're completely swamped right now. And so, um, yeah, that, I mean, yeah in that, our city, what are we, 50% of the number of police officers that we should have? Yeah, 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 yeah. Per capita? So we're in a unique position, but well, it would... I think most police off, uh, police departments, and many of them are shrinking. <laughs> That's a whole other issue. Mm, poor guys, poor guys, poor yeah. guys. Poor Anyways, guys. and by the way, by saying that what I said, for example, that is not encouraging people to go do it. At least it's not intended to encourage people to go to this flyover people or flyover Rob, people. but we live in a sensitive world. All I heard was, go do the illegal thing right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. Okay, and moving on back to our part 107 by drone the way, no, no, so <laughs> Back to the whole checking IDs thing yeah, and checking yeah. registration. So that is a normal course of what happens when an officer pulls you over in your car, right? Yeah. There's a reason for that. Yes. So my my thinking is that there may become a time when officers find that there is a reason to do it with drones. Just as, as oh, the industry yeah. evolves, right? Yeah. We're just not there yet. That's a good point is adoption rate. Right. Yeah, and and what are the what are the triggers that maybe there's more um, nefarious uses of drones, and so they have to be more diligent to check the people that they see using them. So at some point, as it evolves, it will probably come to that, um, because humans are humans, <laughs> and, mm. and on all sides of that spectrum. So, anyways, I just thought I'd make that point. But so going back to the macro, and let's let's dive in now because the 2021 drone rule changes for Part 107. Okay, once again, I want to thank you for your patience because we learned something really important regarding this recurrency stuff. So, number one, they removed the recurrency test. If you already have your Part 107 certificate, now you know why there's no expiration date on it. Okay, they have replaced the recurrency test or the recency test with recurrent training now before you go off the rails if you are like me and you had to take the online version of the recurrency test last year and your six months are coming due don't worry okay and again i screenshotted this from an faa employee telling another drone pilot to do this so if i come under question i'm going to present the evidence that said this particular FAA employee, who's very helpful to a lot of people, by the way, said that if you're due right now for your recurrency, wait until March 1st to go take the recurrent training. Now, we believe that this training is going to be on FAA safety team, just like uh, the recurrency test was last year. It doesn't exist right now. But if you are up for recurrency as of February, or if you had to do the online version of the test due to COVID last year, just wait until March 1st, okay, to take the recurrent training. And if you are due, I would recommend that you complete said training by the end of March. The FAA is kind of like giving us a little grace period. At least that's what I'm seeing. It's not official by any means. Um, and I would say don't take advantage of that, right? They're giving us an opportunity. Uh, and frankly, take it. Yeah, and that all makes sense because ultimately it is in the best interest of the FAA and the industry via the FAA to have people wait for the recurrent training so that pilots understand all the new stuff. 
That's a very important point right. because there are there are really new aspects to the recurrent training, which, by the way, you will not take the recurrent training at a flight school. If you see flight schools advertising to do recurrent training for 107, realize that is a fraud. It is a scam. It is a lie. And I hope those people's business fails. Okay. I shouldn't have said the last part, but it's true. All right. That said, um, <laughs> the recurrent training is through the FAA portal. Again, it does not exist until March. Okay. That said, the new recurrent training will have information regarding nighttime flights, right? Because point number two about macro changes to part 107 is that they have removed the need for nighttime waivers, okay? Now, really quick, because I saw a lot of people post um, about the update to nighttime waivers, and everyone's like, woo we can all fly at night. Whoa, pump the brakes. Because every article that I read that was on the internet forgot to add the little tidbit that legally speaking, you still need a strobe, not just for night flights. Civil twilight, once civil twilight hits, you gotta have a strobe that can be seen for three statute miles. And for all of the, uh, you know, uh, super clever brand new drone pilots who think that the light on the bottom of their Mavic will suffice, it will not. And here's the simple question for you. If I'm a plane and I'm flying over you, how do I see it? So let's go back to please put your strobe and mount it on the top of your aircraft. Um, that said, um, instead of filing for waivers, you will be trained on nighttime operations. So again, this is also why you want to take the recurrent training as soon as possible, right? Get it knocked out because now you can go fly at night willy-nilly as long as you have your strobe and you're following the rules. Uh, you can go fly uh, at night um, without a lot of red tape. And I also just want to say a big thank you to the FAA because they mentioned numerous times that uh, because of Drone U, almost, uh, and I have the exact number in here, but almost 1,500 pilots acquired their nighttime waiver because of our YouTube video. And um, first off, I just want to say thank you to everyone who trusted us. Second off, thank you to the FAA um, for recognizing the massive impact that Drone U has had um, on the industry as a whole. All right, number three, Part 107 pilots. New Part 107 pilots uh, will have new Part 107 questions. So I got bad news for you, Rob. You get to take the harder version of the test. Yeah, right. <laughs> that, you get to take the that harder version of the that test. That reaction was priceless, man. <laughs> I just love it. Um, but if you do not have your Part 107 certificate as of right now, come March, there will be new questions. The question pool will grow and it will be a little bit harder. So to clarify, when we talk about having more Part 107 questions, will the test have more questions or will there just be a larger pool of questions because there's more material to cover? It's my understanding that it's just a larger pool. Okay. Of questions. So it's more material to know. Correct. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Things including night illusions, limited depth perception, aircraft lighting requirements, three statute miles, guys. Three statute miles. Not nautical, statute. Do it. Okay. Landing and takeoff requirements, crew requirements, aircraft avoidance, protocols, and emergency maneuvers. I wonder if they put the tornado pattern in there. <laughs> I wonder. Uh, anyway, um, number four, they removed part 107 new rules. Now, this is going to be March 2023, okay? Flight over people, no more waivers, okay? As long as your drone complies with one of four categories, you will be able to fly over people. Wait, 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 okay? Just because they've removed the waiver 
you still have to get a means of compliance. Nobody knows what this government vernacular means other than, uh, like, because as I started thinking about this, Rob, I'm like, okay, okay, requires FAA accepted means of compliance and FAA declaration of compliance. How is that different from a waiver? Like, literally, how is that different from a waiver? Be the only drone that can fly over people without an accepted means of compliance or declaration of compliance is, well, if the Mini 2 was technically compatible with remote ID right now, the only drone would be the Mini 2 because it's sub 250 grams. And so it's not a real safety risk to people. And as long as you had prop cages, you could right now, well, in 2023, you could fly over people uh, with prop cages. And so one one story that I'm going to do this week and pay attention to is the most valuable aircraft. And this is how you know DJI knows what they're doing. The most valuable aircraft is a Mini 2, right? We already know that Mini 2s have OcuSync. They can be seen um, broadcast only. That standard may not be the FAA's broadcast standard, but DJI pretty much illustrated how remote ID would work to the FAA and the FAA used that as an infrastructure. That said, we are assuming that DJI will update OcuSync in whatever forms to meet the broadcast requirement. So we're assuming the Mini 2 or whatever with an update would be fine, right? Just like I said in my What Drones Work With Remote ID article. It's on the basis that, well, technically right now, none of these drones work because remote ID is in a few years and you probably won't be flying any of these anymore. But if they could retrofit, this is what would it would look like. Okay. That said, Mini 2, if it worked with broadcast remote ID because of a software upgrade, you had your prop cages on, you could go fly over people. Yep, you could go fly over people. You would not have to have a piece of paper from the FAA that says you're an accepted means of compliance. Now, here's the thing. If you want to fly over people under Category 2, Category 3, or Category 4, you do have to have some sort of of means of compliance from the FAA. We do not know what this means. We don't know what the system is. We don't know if you just email FISDO and say, hey, I'm flying a Phantom, and according to Virginia Tech, that's less than 11 pounds of kinetic energy, thus I meet the requirements of Category 2. We don't know if that's going to be the system or if the system is going to be manufacturer related. Now, in the documents from the FAA, it alluded to that there would be manufacturer guidelines to follow in order for these drones to be compliant. I hate to bring up the issue here, FAA uh, legal department, but it might just give you three weeks of work with this next statement. Um, but uh, how is manufacturer uh, standards or guidelines or uh, manufacturer compliance, how is that at all enforceable for the FAA? There are no aircraft certificates for drones uh, unless it's a part 135. So I don't understand how this is enforceable if they were to try to enforce uh, manufacturers to comply mm. with these guidelines. I mean, and, and by the way, you can go read, if you go read DJI's comment on remote ID, I believe it was section two, where they talk about the authority of the FAA and outright call out the fact that drone manufacturers are technically toy manufacturers, seriously. Mm -hmm. And until there's aircraft certificates for part 107, how are they going to enforce any manufacturer complaint. Because it's not their jurisdiction at all. Correct. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. Now, if they're like, okay, all part 107 drones now have to have an airworthiness certificate, right? Like a Boeing 737, uh, then sure, they could enforce it. 
Um, now that said, let's look at the flip side of the coin. Do we think DJI with everything that's just happened in the last three months is going to say, no, we're not going to listen to your compliance? Yeah, probably not. Cause it would murder their sales. So <laughs> well, back to a spade, a spade here, Rob. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, and obviously we never know who's talking in the background, in the back channels, mm-hmm. so to speak. Right. Mm-hmm. I think we're, uh. We're getting past that point of naivete <laughs> to think that it's not happening on some level. And again, I don't mean it from a you mean inf- illegal standpoint. You mean just influence on the FAA's decision making? Influence and just uh, kind of backroom deals and, and not even illegal, just conversations that... They're ethically questionable. Potentially, and, and we don't know of any. I'm just saying... Uh, I got a couple of recordings that I keep in my back pocket for a rainy day. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I know nothing about those recordings. <laughs> hey, hey! I just pulled a, a Herbert. That's all. <laughs> I'm just saying, people talk as they should. I mean, I don't know. It's, oh, uh, it's kind of the way of the world. Well, you know what? Though you come to a point in life where you realize it's better to work with people, but you also can't be afraid to enforce boundaries. And I think that that's why I rub people uh, the wrong way a lot of times, is because. There's just certain things I just won't put up with. I just, I'm sorry, but I believe that what you're doing is not in your best interest. And so I'm not going to sit here and enable you to do it, you know? All right. Be careful that you don't become elitist sounding, right? Go back. Let's go. I know better than you. So I'm going to make the rule that doesn't let you do what you think is best for you. Well, Rob, I'm not a CNBC analyst, so we don't have to worry about that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's a fine line. Let's be careful uh, with that. No, you are very right. It is an extremely fine line. But let's get on. So part 107, updated drone rules. The last thing that we're talking about here is flying over moving vehicles. Uh, again, this is March 2023. But this does bring up a very important question that we could probably do an entire show on. Let me read this really fast. The FAA addressed numerous concerns of flight over moving vehicles, as most of the industry stated that routine operations were indeed safe without specific circumstances. The FAA will allow routine flight over moving vehicles, but not sustained flight. The drone pilot must be traversing unless the operation is in, quote unquote, a restricted access area. And they do define what that means. Um, but for example, um, uh, the catch in order to have routine flight over moving vehicles, your drone must meet the requirements of the flight over people categories stated above. So that means if you're flying that mini two and you're transversing cars, again, you got the prop cages on, you don't need the FAA means of compliance, whatever that means. Okay. You can just go ahead and do it. But Rob, this brings up uh, an important question and yeah. uh, we kind of hit this on the previous recording of the show, <laughs> um, which is never to be heard, <laughs> which is, uh, you know, with the FAA saying, okay, flight over moving vehicles come March, 2023 is yep. cool with us. Now you got got to be within one of the categories of flight over people, right? But the dumbest of the dumb pilots are, well, we shouldn't call them dumb, um, ill-advised, blissfully ignorant. 
uh, giddy of excitement and not looking at the rules of flight, whatever you want to label it as, I don't really care. The important part is, is that people flying a Mini 2, one of the cheapest drones out there, is going to be able to fly over people come 2023. They're going to be able to fly over moving traffic, right? Which is fine because drones are safe. We've got millions and millions of flights and almost no crashes. And the only crashes we're having are really nefarious things going on. So that said, this is really empowering to see. But Rob, this brings up a question. What about flying over or transversing moving vehicles between now and 2023? Don't do it. Mm. <laughs> is that not what this is different from the first recording oh, yeah. on this episode. I was going episode. for the first one. I was going for the first one. It was really good. No, but the bottom line is I think what we're, we're referring to here is that it's really not being enforced because we know people doing it basically on a daily basis. Right? And so is it going to be enforced? Like, is it something that they even care about now? I mean, like, if you were in law enforcement and someone was like, there's a drone flying over my house. Are they flying over moving vehicles? Like, you know, those questions don't happen, you know? <laughs> like, it just doesn't. Maybe they will now. It's like TSA when you got a backpack full of batteries. Oh, you're a drone pilot, right? It's yeah. not like taking the watt hours, multiplying it times the batteries to figure out what's really going on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so no. Um, but obviously, it's not legal until March of 2023. But, but it, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Now, that's going to kind of bring up a whole different point. So let's finish this point. So I would like to say uh, because the FAA gave drone pilots a voice, because they listened to us, because they gave us the benefit of the doubt, I think it's important not only in the rules of reciprocity, but in the rules of being a good human to give them the benefit of the doubt as well. And uh, I'm not sure that they will actually give us an answer about this. I'm sure that it would just be the FAA's toted line of, no, 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 do what you're supposed to do until March 23. Well, of course. Oh, yeah, sure. But uh, mm, does anyone really care if I transverse a vehicle between now and then? I mean, it, it really doesn't seem to be an issue now. So it would be nice to get an answer from the FAA to provide guidance on this. I'm just not sure if we would get guidance on something I, I like guess I'm, this. I'm, I'm not understanding because it's not okay right now. So the guidance is don't do it. Right? I mean, that is I the mean, guidance. I mean, you could also easily assume that because transversing vehicles will soon be legal with certain vehicles, that one would assume, and I'm talking, there's a certain audience that would assume that it would be fine. And well, you can assume all you want. Of, <laughs> the world is full of assumptions, Rob. <laughs> but uh, I mean, the argument that you're, I, I think that you're making, we could just move back up our list and start making that same argument on flying over people in general, right? That's a very good point, Rob. Here's my thing. <laughs> Moving on a little bit. Um, the, uh, the idea of transversing a vehicle, but this, what does it say? You cannot fly directly over or something? Not sustained flight. Sustained flight over moving vehicles. And they so, said very specifically in the long document, it's because a bunch of people were like, well, the drone could be a distraction to drivers and thus cause an accident. So it shouldn't be like a sustained flight. Okay, so how do you define directly over vehicles? Because if you're doing some sort of filming of a vehicle you're never going to be like right over the vehicle that's not really a cinematic move right i mean you're somewhere outside of the actual vehicle mm -hmm. and so is, is my question making sense we got another disconnect do you mind saying it one more time okay. i'm not sure i uh, understand what you're saying here all right Concerns of flight over moving vehicles, blah, blah, blah. FA will allow routine flight over move, but not sustained flight. So transversing literally means going over the vehicle. Mm -hmm. 
but is it okay to have to sustained flight near a vehicle if you're not directly over it? <sighs> um, seems okay to me. It seems, uh, let me put my lawyer. I think that's an important point. I think let me put my lawyer cap on here. Um, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. I would <laughs> it say. It depends. It, well, that's what a lawyer would say is it I depends. <laughs> Um, I would say that the assumption is that it's okay, but once again, don't forget about the FAA's catch-all gotcha, right? What is that? It's uh, careless and reckless flight. So what's the fine line, you know? I mean, like, the, the same question comes up in surfing. I'm never flying over someone, but I'm pretty close to them. So what's too close, you know? Over them is not okay, but it doesn't say anything about around them. And what? that's a good thing because Canada did that, and no offense, Canada, but that was dumb. Anyway, go ahead. Well, according to this, um, let's see, not sustained flight. Well, now I'm not seeing what I thought was in here, <laughs> where it was something more talking about directly over the vehicle. But if that's not a thing, then my question is kind of moot. In the full text of the over moving vehicles, they really go into detail about considerations. And when I think of sustained flight over moving vehicles, I think of some jackass flying their drone over a highway and flying over the highway, going along with the highway. Yeah. Right now, you see those videos in Mexico and Brazil all the time. I mean, we even saw. Do you remember the big protests in LA last year? And someone flew a um, FPV drone like ten feet over the crowd. Right? I don't remember anything happening to that guy. Hopefully, I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, but no, that's true. That's and true. that's also not. Like uh, someone on the internet said that uh, some of the things that we said are the equivalent to going over the speed limit, right? And I would argue hmm. that that's not anywhere in the environment of correct because driving over the speed limit statistically up until a point, I think it's like 10 or 15 miles an hour, really doesn't actually increase your chances of crashing. You have a higher chance of causing an incident when there are numerous vehicles around you. That's like, go to the BMW driving school. They literally teach you over 35 miles an hour, never hit the brakes for a crash. Accelerate, change direction because you have a much higher propensity of not being involved in the crash yourself. Anyway. Interesting. Long story short is flying over people is not and doing BVLOS and all this stuff is not like going over the speed limit. There are very real and very um, horrible problems that can happen based off the environment that you're flying in. Yeah. Most people don't even know they're supposed to have high altitude props. I'm talking to you people living in the Rocky Mountains, right? So you don't know what you don't know. And the reason I think that this is important to discuss is that flight over moving vehicles, sustained flight, what does it really mean? I think you're going to have to use your best judgment. I'm not sure that there really is an answer. And to your question regarding side... This is why I said, I don't think we can expect, like, while I want to give the FAA the benefit of the doubt, I don't expect them to answer this because yeah. it's in their best interest not to, you know? So I agree. That said, um, on this article, uh, if you want to check out more information about all the different categories, what's involved for flight over people, recurrency testing, et cetera, make sure to check out our blog, thedroneu.com forward slash blogs. At the end of the article, I also posted a leaked image from the FAA symposium really talking about where are we going in the industry from here. And I would just like to remind everyone 
of that. But that's going to go ahead and do it for us today. My name is Paul. My name is Rob. And that's Kona barking in the background. (laughs) She's staring at me like, are you going to take me out? (laughs) We believe that videos, images, words, and sounds have the absolute power to inform, inspire, and entertain. We reject indecision, confusion, and vanity for they work against the community. We are united under the virtues of safety and knowledge. We are a training community of learners and teachers who encourage and energize each other to achieve greatness. We are pilots, videographers, photographers, freelancers, business owners, enthusiasts, experts, and apprentices. We are creators. We are the Drone Youth.